step and climb aboard as we take an all-stations journey through the beautiful and winding world of Progressive Rugby League. Progressive Rugby League. G'day and welcome to the Progressive Rugby League podcast. Uh, John O'Duncan and Big Al with you today. Our great friend and fearless leader, Slug, is unable to join us tonight, but he'll be back next week. In the meantime, Sluggo, this one's for you. With me in the studio tonight is one of the great human beings of Progressive Rugby League, <laughs> Big Al. Wow, what a, what a great human beings. Uh, thank you. It's, it's an honour honor to be here and, you know, right back at you, Jono. Right back at you. Well, and we've got a big show ahead of us uh, tonight. We've got the usual segments. We've got our reflections. We've got a really full PRL mailbag. I'm really looking forward to that. We've got the international update, including uh, the update, the latest and the exciting Super League and Championship fixtures. And we've got our PRL moment of the week. So it's a huge show. And why don't we kick it off with, with our reflections, Big Al? What Let's you do got? it. What so you got? Uh, I know that lately in my reflections have all been Tiger-centric. I guess every, uh, that's probably uh, all predictable. Big Al's going to do another Tiger's <laughs> reflection. And you're not wrong, he is. So last episode, I kicked and screamed and sang from the hilltops. Tigers are on run, you know, top four finish, grand final. It's all going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? Didn't happen. And that's fine. Yeah. Sometimes chips just don't fall your way. Because um, this was after the previous week where you basically said you were giving up on watching the Tigers and that was making your well, life yeah, my, a lot my, more... my survival strategy had been to stop watching the Tigers and then they started winning. Oh, did they win? Oh, yeah, they won some beautiful games. <laughs> so then I started, I, I started, decided to start watching them again. And then, you know, I don't know, I don't know if it was me or if the occasion got to them or whatever. Anyway, they, they flopped completely. So after killing the Giants and the Rabbitohs and the Dragons... Wooden Spoon favourites, Bulldogs. This was a gimme game for them, and they just did not deliver. And I know everybody is just waiting for me to freak out. <laughs> and it's not going to happen, because you know what? I'm fine. You sure? I'm fine. It's okay. You I, don't look I, fine. I, I understand, you know, you can't control everything, and sure. sometimes uh, you just, you just got to roll with the punches. But one of the things that has really made me accept the loss was uh, afterwards when I was... I wasn't probably as accepting of the loss after the game as I am right now. Sure. And I was bathing in horrible Twitter-like <laughs> blackness. And I came across a tweet from somebody, I can't remember what it was, but they pointed out that the problem with the Tigers is they can only play at the level of their opponents. Which means when they play a great team, they play great. When they play a bad team, they play bad. Or they play worse. Well, I mean, team. I guess, I guess it's, 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 it's probably 50-50 as to whether they'll play better than the, the good team and worse than the bad team. I see. But they can, you can only expect them to play as well, slightly better or a lot worse than the opponents that they're uh, up against. Well, let's go through their record this year. They've beaten the Storm twice. They've beaten yep. the Roosters once, the Dragons, South Sydney. Uh, they should have beaten the Broncos, who were a bit unlucky with the ref call. And who have they lost to? They lost to Parramatta. They've lost the to Bulldogs. the Bulldogs. The Titans. The Titans. Uh, the Raiders, the funniest team in the world, right? Twice to the Raiders, I think. Newcastle, think so. yep, Newcastle. So it's quite a phenomenal upside down yeah, record. Like that they, have. they have, they have the the, hot, the the best record in the league against top four sides. Incredible. And it's just a shame it gets them nowhere because it can't beat the cellar dwellers. Well, oh, I it's mean, a funny life being a Tigers fan. You tell you, I tell you, funny what, old world. I've said this before, but the Tigers really they have probably the twelfth or thirteenth best roster in the competition. So, unfortunately for you, Big Al. They've played above their pay grade 
and have given you false hope, which is a bit unfortunate, but it's been exciting. Well, it's you know, I've, I've already told, I've told you and our loyal listeners many, at least once before about my WWJD bracelet, <laughs> sure. which is basically when I'm, when I'm questioning things, when I'm not feeling all together, I look, w, the, the words, the, the letters, sorry, WWJD emblazoned across my wrists stands for what would Jono do? Right. And many times people waiting for me to freak out. And see me sitting there, all calm, ask me, what's wrong, are you okay? And I give them that line. You know what? On paper, the Tigers have probably the 13th best squad, so they're doing all right. They're doing all right. Let me give you a bit more ammunition. Because they have a a team of solid first graders, which is great. But to get anywhere in this competition, you need some first graders, but quite a few representative-style players. And at the moment, I just don't think the Tigers have... Any really well, I mean, I guess it, it says a lot that, that the rep stars they have are from the New Zealand Test squad, which uh, well, I mean, I mean, they've got what Ben Matalino, Russell uh, Packer, Russell Packer. They, they've been on the fringes of the, the Test squad. I'm, Actually, okay. I think they retired from representative <laughs> duty this year before, before they could not get picked. So, <laughs> so I mean, I'm twisting around to say they've had a, a great year up till now, and they're still in the fight for the top eight somehow. Oh, come on, man. Like, I really, I really appreciate what you're doing, but Only four I, I, think, I think you're probably just making things worse for me by... Um, no, actually, they're probably in a better position this week than they were last week, because at this stage last week, they were four points behind ninth. This time, they are still four points behind ninth, and the Warriors lost by a greater margin than the Tigers lost, so they're actually closer to eighth than they were last week, so good luck next no, week, you, you know what this means. It means uh, to cling to the... The small thread of hope I have of the Tigers actually making the finals, mm. I have to wish for the downfall of the Progressive Warriors, which is something I don't want to do. I don't want to have to want the Warriors to lose, because the Tigers aren't going to make the finals anyway. They're just not. <laughs> they'll let you down, man. I've sure. learned they'll just <laughs> let you down. So I'd rather, not, I'd rather celebrate the Warriors and want them to do well yep. than... You know, want them to lose, be disappointed because they'll probably win them at the finals and then have the Tigers fall over. So I'm just going to accept... It's it's done. It's and that's fine. It's fine. I would not accept it for you. You've got some stuff to grapple with over the next few weeks, especially mm-hmm. if the two of the Tigers have this week coming up. Especially if they win. You know week. what? I don't even you know. Don't know. Oh, I don't even know. I've, I assume whatever. they've got someone, and I assume they'll be in with a fifty-fifty shot. So. That's Newcastle, actually. So. Oh, oh no! <laughs> There's another L. Yeah. <laughs> no W there. Well, finally, maybe then they can put it all to bed. We want a Tigers loss, a Warriors win. And then it's done. Then Speculation you, is finished. Then you can and sleep we can at just, night. we can just go and, and, and be, Raiders, be Warriors boosters from now on. Right, okay. Well, that's a great reflection. Mm, Thanks thank for you. Thank you. My reflection this week uh, revolves around the expansion of rugby league in the Southern Hemisphere. But I'm going to take you on an all-stations journey to get there, so come with me. Oh, I'm yeah. on. I'm on. You're on board? Yep. So at the you moment, don't have to ask me twice. <laughs> at the moment, I'm reading a book called The Art of Travel by Alain Debuton. And in that book, he uses the great thinkers and philosophers of the last thousand years to sort of answer two, two questions. Why do we travel and why should we travel? And one of the philosophers that he uh, quotes is a guy called Nietzsche, who basically said the re- one reason why you should travel is because you can take the best of other cultures and bring them back to your own culture to, to enrich your culture and the lives of those around you, mm-hmm. which is pretty noble. That sounds And that cool. makes sense. Yeah. And this is where I get to rugby league. Okay. So on the journey we've had this year in the Progressive Rugby League podcast, I've traveled to the other side of the rugby league world, not actually, but mentally and emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen other rugby league cultures. And you know what? I've loved what I've seen. I've loved what I see. And I want to bring some of that 
uh, culture that I've mm. experienced mm. virtually um, back to Southern Hemisphere Rugby League. Okay. And let me, let me explain. The, the, the difference that I see between what I see, especially in Europe in the, in the Super League Championship uh, space in Rugby League versus what I see in the NRL, it basically comes back to one, one word. You know what that word is? I don't. It's consequence. Ooh. Let me flesh that Ooh, out for okay. you. I'm going to flesh that out for you because if you look at the NRL at the moment, teams like Parramatta, the Cowboys, Manly, for instance, they've had terrible years of underperformed compared to expectations by quite a way, especially Parramatta and the Cowboys. And, and what are the consequences for those teams? Well, nothing really. Oh, they might have a few less sponsors mm. next year. Uh, but really, they just turn up next year and, and they'll probably have a decent year. Yeah. And, and basically, you forget about what happened this year. Yeah, it was a write-off. It was a write-off. It was a rebuilding year. Exactly. Whereas, look at the, southern, uh, the Northern Hemisphere in the Super League and look at Leeds Rhinos, who won the competition last year and are also having a dismal year. But the consequences for them are potentially much more drastic. They could be relegated to the championship. So, that's what I want. I want to bring that sense of consequence from the Northern Hemisphere to the Southern Hemisphere. And that's, you do that through the promotion-relegation concept. Yes. But I, I bet your question is, how the hell are you going to bring promotion and relegation into Southern Hemisphere Rugby League? Because at the moment, we've agreed, we've spoken about this in the past, you can't actually do it as Rugby League is set up at the moment because pretty much most of the clubs that are in the lower division feed up into an NRL mm. club. Yes. So you, how are you going to do it? Well... This is how, this is where I bring in expansion. Okay, okay there are, yep, yep. There are all there. these teams that all these places in Australia and around the Southern Hemisphere, New Zealand and Papua New Guinea and the Pacific Islands, who want a piece of NRL action. Mm. But really, the question for NRL is: Well, how are we going to fit them in? I mean, we have sixteen clubs already that are ensconced and have a great history in most cases, and and you know have thousands and thousands of fans. It's, you don't want a, a competition that's too large, but also you don't want to get rid of clubs just to get in these new expansion teams. Mm, yes. So here's my solution. You create a championship-like division of the, of the Australian uh, Southern Hemisphere Rugby League under the NRL, yep. and you create that with those expansion teams. You start them off in a second division. Let's say 10 teams... So, so we're talking... Fiji, those kind of teams. Well, the Perth. New England Scorpions, are they going to get a look in? The twang. I mean, the, the, twang. the New England twang. <laughs> well, we're talking, you know, your Perths, mm-hmm. your second team in New Zealand, let's say Wellington, yeah. second team in Brisbane. Yeah, your Brisbane Bombers. That's exactly right. Uh, who else we got? Second team in... Um, Melbourne. Melbourne, perhaps. Yeah, why not? Well, wherever. Bring back the Rams, baby. Exactly. Adelaide, all the way. PNG, yeah. you know, maybe a Pacific <laughs> Islands team. There must be 10 or so teams or places yeah. bring back the Bears for goodness sake oh please do and they could Maybe all start a, like, well, like a regional centre like Dubbo exactly they get one yes and they can all start in this the championship the Dubbo zookeepers <laughs> imagine they could all start in this championship like division below the NRL and then you introduce promotion relegation which introduces that word I'm talking about consequences consequence. well consequence Damn, consequence <laughs> oh God, I'm so embarrassed <laughs> so what do you think what do you think about that uh, look I love where your head is at. Love it. Love the, the passion and, and the thought that's gone through that. It was, it was that, an all-stations journey. But that, and that was amazing. There's one, the one f- potential weakness yeah. I, I should highlight in that is the, the power and skill level 
the brutality yeah. at NRL level compared to anything below it is is quite wide. I sure. think. So if you've got, let's say, the Twang get up, the Twang, the Twang, who they'd be semi-professional. So yeah. these these second tier clubs probably won't have that much money. So the guys that are playing for them will have to have jobs. They won't be full time full time athletes, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. When they get bumped up to the first grade, they're probably going to get really really hurt. <laughs> but why and, why can't they be professional? Just like you know the Toronto Wolfpack or Toulouse Olympique, they have uh, well, full time professional if, teams. If we can't all have Eric Perez's bankrolling our our championship level team. It'd be well, great if we could. Well, More Perez's. A lot of these teams who want to come into the NRL have that sort of sugar daddy just waiting in the wings, ready to ready to pounce. They all say they've got millions of dollars in the in the bank account in the kitty. So I would like to see a professional competition below the NRL, and eventually the NRL would become, let's say, a twelve-team competition over you know a period of maybe a couple of decades. You'd have to whittle it down slowly, and the second division is is a ten or twelve-team competition as well. Mm-hmm. And every year you have that one up, one down, or two up, two down sort of thing. Um, so that's a, one way to bring consequence to Southern Hemisphere Rugby League, mm-hmm. and also to introduce expansion teams without killing off those traditional teams that we all know and have come to love. Mm. I do like the idea of traditional clubs playing in a, in a second, second division. Well, not necessarily. Not if they're good enough. Well, I mean, if they're good enough. But I, anything, that, anything that lets me watch uh, the Bears play the Steelers, <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, the Steelers, why not? So, I mean, they're just my thoughts. That, that was my reflection. So I'd like to hear the thoughts of the listeners. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've got... Um, you know, you can get us on Twitter. Yes. Facebook. Yes. Or... What is our uh, email What's address? What's the other thing? Oh, email, yeah. <laughs> right. Something, something at oh. Outlook.com. <laughs> ProgressiveRL at Outlook.com. Get us there. All right, well, it's time for PRL Mailbag. And in the absence of Slug, we don't have our mailbag song. So what we're going to do, we're going to give a special spoken word version of a PRL Mailbag song in, the, you know, in memory of the great, I don't know, Henry Rollins. Chopper, you know, spoken word artists of the past. They're a bit, bit angry, right? Henry Rollins, he was quite... No, he's very insightful. I'm sure he's insightful, but it was delivered with such... Angst. Yeah. All right, well, we'll let's... We'll try it. Let's see, how we go. Okay. <clears throat> I see you on the other side of the interwebs. And you fill me with intrigue. You know I speak two languages. And one is rugby league. So talk to me. I ain't one to brag. I just want to open that PRL mailbag. Just, just want to open that, that PRL, PRL mailbag. Okay, well, that was excellent. Look, sh- <laughs> that had a bit of like uh, Catholic Church about it, though. It was like it was like we were sort of answering to a hymn or something. So anyway, PRL like, mailbag. When you're at school and like the teacher would say "Good morning," and it, you'd all in the same monotone "Good morning." Yeah, it was a bit like that. Yeah, so next time um, we'll put a bit of. We'll have to a bit work of pepper on into it. A bit of character. So I've had a bit of correspondence this week in the mailbag, and I'd like to start with David Matthews, a, a loyal listener who... From Dave Matthews' band? Uh, I don't think he's banned. He's not tweeting for his band, just for himself. Okay. So um, anyway, his favourite moment of the round was when Blake Ferguson ran into James Tedesco going for the high ball, and then they bump into each other, then he fell yeah. over pretending to be injured. <laughs> and then he, re- then he realised that, uh, oh, I'm going to get taken off for HIA, so yeah. he got back up straight away. That was brilliant. And actually, I, I held that back from my uh, round reflection for reasons unknown, probably because I knew there was something good coming up in yeah, the mailbag. So, well done, Dave. That was a good one. Uh, we also had our friend Dan on Twitter. Mm. He, he tweeted us on the weekend. He was watching the Hull Derby, Hull FC versus Hull KR. 
which Hal Kayar got up, of course. And there was a particularly progressive try from Hal Kayar. And he tweeted us saying, what a progressive try. I think they turned defence into attack, and that's always a wonderful thing to see. Uh, and he said, and, and I responded saying, look, being in a derby, scoring a progressive try like that, the try should be actually worth 4.3 points or something. <laughs> and he responded saying, oh, or maybe you get a free conversion or something like that, which got me thinking, you know what? In, wouldn't it be good if at a game of rugby league, instead of, well, maybe alongside the video referee, you'd have a panel of progressive rugby league judges where a referee could go upstairs and say, hey guys, that's a try, but I just want to ch- check, check the, the progressiveness of that try. <laughs> and if, if it is judged a progressive try, then you could get, let's say, a free conversion or something, mm, yeah. or some sort of reward. So I reckon that's, that's a goer. You could have how, like, how many judges would be on the panel? Well, I would think you'd have what maybe three judges. Three judges, okay. One for one for each pillar of progressive rugby. Oh yeah, league. okay. What, what do you reckon? Who would you have? Because obviously our three uh, pillars of progressive rugby league is a um, throw the ball around. Life is short. Yep. So maybe I don't know Phil Blake. Okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, the second pillar is you know what do you stand for? You know progressive values that sort of thing. Could have uh, Alan Tung. The great Alan Tung. Oh, Tunn. very good. Isn't he good? Well, what about like uh, Ian Roberts? I think he'd be yeah, good. Yeah, Ian as Roberts well. would be good. Yeah. And then the third pillar is rugby leagues are funny games. Yeah. You need some some sort of rugby league humorist. Well, if we're, if we're talking about rugby league humorists, it's got to be Dennis Carnahan. Oh, Dennis Carnahan. <laughs> rugby yes. league, the musical, the man himself. Yes, that's right. Yeah, we, we went to see that last year, didn't we? Yeah, that, we was, did. that was a lot of fun. He's currently touring. I think he's playing uh, Steelers Leagues Club, I think. Oh, I'm actually, no, I think he's in New Zealand. Is that right? Yeah, it's called International. Oh, well done, know. Dennis. So, I mean, that would be pretty cool if you could have a progressive rugby league panel that are there in the, in the bunker, in a progressive bunker, where the ref can go, yep, that's a try, but is it a progressive it try? try? Can they get that. two conversion attempts? Uh, maybe the humorist, Matt Elliott, he's, he's a funny guy, isn't he? The ex-coach, remember when he did that sort of news, oh, the thing, news yeah. the press, press conference? <laughs> that was pretty funny. So anyway, thanks for that, Dan. That was a, a, nice little, a nice little get from you. We also got correspondence from Rugby League Now, our friends at Rugby League Now, oh, and, and they pointed us to an article uh, about the West Warriors and West... Uh, Juan Papua, who joined forces to create history, become the first ever London Nine champions. So that was a really interesting article. So we recommend that you get online and check out what happened with the London Nines because that was a wonderful tournament. So thanks, Rugby League. It, now. it was a Nines tournament, right? Look, uh, I've, we've spoken about this before. I'm not a huge fan of the Nines mm. as a concept, only because what happened to Sevens? We had Sevens <laughs> and we gave up on Sevens and just gave to Rugby. Sevens is slightly more exciting than Nines, but hey, yeah. whatever, Nines. Let's go with it. And then we also talked about Toronto this week, and we, we spoke a little bit about last week, talking about wouldn't it be great to be a Toronto player or, or part of the staff or you know, a member in this moment as they're growing, they could become something huge or they could fall by the, by the wayside, but in 20 or 30 years you'll look back and go, yeah, isn't this wonderful? Yeah, I was there. Yeah, and we got some responses, including from a guy called Catfish, as in Catfish Hunter, who I think is one of the Wolfpack pack, but I might be wrong there. He says, many of the fans understand that. We are tickled tickle pink to be in at the start of the adventure. Also, a response from Andrew McLeod, also from Ontario, who said, if I'm still alive in 30 years, I'll be ecstatic yeah. and still watching. <laughs> That's nice. a spirit. And we also had a, a response from the Wolfpack pack, actually, who said, we just keep saving screenshots and we'll enjoy the publicly ridiculing those, those individuals who didn't believe Later on, so okay. that's, I don't know. I've never, never heard believe? anyone. Um, we also had correspondence from our great friends of Toulouse Olympique. We mm-hmm. wish them well. 
for their last round that just happened over the weekend. And they responded and they said, Merci. Oh, <laughs> I included now, that. That's French for something, right? That's, uh, I, I didn't look oh, it up. I did, Google Translate it later. Yeah, no idea what that means. Probably a rude word. <laughs> You're knowing this. Not a sexy <laughs> Frenchman. <laughs> no, thank you, Toys. And we also had uh, correspondence from Rugby Liam. Remember Rugby Liam? Oh, greatest user. Greatest handle of all time. Yeah, he, he was at the game over the weekend between London and Barrow. And of course, London... We'll get to the championship later, but the London... Typical championship score for that one. <laughs> yeah. London had to beat Barrow to make the qualifiers. And, and Liam tweeted saying... Great atmosphere at Barry today. Good on you, Liam. Good on you. And we also had another Facebook post from our friend Dan. This is a topic we're going to chat about briefly. And he asked the question... Well, firstly, he accepted our hand in friendship, which is wonderful. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. And, and, of course, there's a couch here right here. Yeah, yeah, big big house, house waiting for you. But he asked, basically... I don't have the, the text, the transcript in front of me. But basically, who is a more progressive governing body? The NRL or the Rugby Football League in the UK? Let me throw it to you, Big Al. What do you think? Mm, that's a really good question. So it's the um, so we're weighing up the English RFL with the Australian NRL. So is it RFL, Rugby Football yep, League? Yeah, that's the one. Yep. Yep. So, and the Rugby Football League is what? How many How many? 150 years old, we'll say? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, it sounds pretty old. It's English, right? <laughs> so it's got to be old. Well, uh, 1895 was when Rugby League was born. So let's rug, say... Rugby League or Rugby League? Rugby League. Oh, rugby League. Rugby League's a young He's savvy on social media for a 120-year-old. So, yeah, the RFL's obviously been around for a lot longer than the NRL. Um, but that doesn't mean that, therefore, the young, brash, cool NRL <laughs> should therefore like, have be more, more progressive in its mm. stance. I, I, I had a good think about this over the week. And I, I'm going to say that purely through uh, the admission of the Wolfpack, mm. the, the, the RLF... RFL. RFL, pardon me, is therefore more progressive. But purely by accident, because it's now, as you see, now that the Wolfpack's actually winning and doing really well and is three shades away from becoming from earning promotion to the Super League, everyone's panicking. They're panicking. They don't know what to do, and suddenly people are worried about, oh, like... Who are these guys in? Travel schedules and all that sort of stuff, which also, to me... Allowing a, a transatlantic team to enter your professional competition with a chance of making the, the top division without properly thinking through <laughs> how that might work if it were to happen is the administration equivalent of chucking it around. <laughs> yeah, so, it is funny. It's and insane. if that's not progressive, like, I don't know what is. Yeah, so, it's a flick pass. Yeah, it? that's exactly, that's exactly it's a no-look flick pass. Yeah, and by contrast, the NRL, uh, I'd say they are actually quite progressive in the, the pillar of like what do you stand for. They've made a real big, mm. especially if you look at last year's grand final, they've made yes. a really big public stance about trying to um, show showcase what they stand for and that should be celebrated. Sure. But in terms of the other side of things, there's no Wolfpack style chucking around out the no, back. No, that's right. They're definitely more of a sharks, you know, grab you, grind you down and just grapple the crap out of you. <laughs> and not in any kind, with no, no sexy like backline movements like Melbourne can provide you these days. That's right. So I'm going to give it to the Rugby Football League. Okay. One. Well, for me, it's a tough one because as you say, on social issues, the NRL are very good. You know, the gay marriage thing, player welfare, you know, education for players. Uh, they have been slow in expansion and they have been a bit of a handbrake on International Rugby League. So, And there's definitely no consequence. That's right, that's right. So they've got maybe, they get like a, a B minus from me perhaps. So good on them for what they did last year, especially in the gay marriage thing. The Rugby Football League, well, due to being not a major sport in England, they've had to be a bit more innovative. So I think especially to the Super 8s format, 
which of course they're trying to get rid of now. Of course. <laughs> and once again, you know, it's a it's the administration equivalent of chucking it around. So it's yeah. quite entertaining to watch. But they have been quite innovative in the past. I mean, they brought a Super League game to Wollongong early this year. That was pretty cool. So yeah, yeah. on that sort of thing, I would say they're slightly ahead of the NRL as well in terms mm. of progressiveness. But then again, they seem to be trying to imitate the NRL. Like they're, they're trying to get away from uh, Super 8's concept. They're trying to get away from these innovative concepts that have yeah. made them quite interesting. So I don't know. At the, to me, it's like it's a toss-up. And, right. and, and to be honest, I'm not sure um, how they've gone on the social issues. I assume like most governing bodies, they, they at least pay lip service to progressive issues like um, you know, same-sex marriage, mm. etc. Uh, but I can't really comment on that. But for me, overall, it's probably about even when you're weighed yeah. up. I get the impression uh, that, and please, listeners, correct me if I'm wrong, that there's a real uh, grab for power by established Super League clubs for the status quo. Yeah. So to try and stop, and, that, and that's a very rugby league thing to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so that's, again, why we're now seeing some sort of tension build up around the possible admission of the Wolfpack, yeah. scrapping of the Super 8s yeah. for a one-up, one-down concept. And it's probably also the reason why there seems to be the, the rule that at this time of year clubs that have only won a few games so far this year can basically buy a whole new team for the qualifiers. So obviously the teams that probably have more money are the Super League teams that could buy more players to to survive. So yeah, I mean, overall, I'm going to give it even. You're going to shade it for the RFL. Yeah, I think so. And and again, the the administration equivalent of chucking it around, the old chip and chase. Yeah. Yeah. Well... There's another mailbag for another week. That was a that was quite a full one. That was well lots of correspondence in that Thanks, one. Oh, that was like everyone. a like a little rugby league community. That's right, a global community. That was there. A okay. family. A family. You know what it's time for now, Big Al. I do. Slug Big Al and me, we like what we see when it comes to French Canadian Rugby Thirteen. Excellent. The acoustics in here. Are fantastic. Yeah, so, high ceilings. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what it's all about. And all right. A couple of egg cartons around the doorway <laughs> as well to sort of stop that reverberation. What you um, got for us this week? All right, so we'll start with the Super League. So this is what this is the last round before we fall into the the last year of the Super Eight potentially or the potential last year. So uh, and Catalans finished with a loss uh, to Wigan, which uh, leaves them uh, in eighth place. Which I don't know if that was did they just give up because. No, I mean, there's a pretty I mean, it, was, it was 25 to 20, so it wasn't a walkover or anything. Well, let's not forget also that uh, your favourite player, Kenny Edwards, was, was sent off at half yeah. time. Basically. I also, I didn't check the drink water factor on this on this game, so was I'm, he... I'm pretty sure he played, but they... I'm, they... I'm sure his stats are fantastic. Oh, absolutely. You know I'm a drink water fan. Oh, yeah, he was, he was well hydrated <laughs> throughout the whole game. But, yeah, I mean, they were down 20 to 6 and still came back to 20 all with 12 men, so it's a good sign. Yeah, I mean, okay, cool. Look, they're probably not going to make the top four, but it's a good sign going to the Challenge Cup this weekend against St Helens mm. semi-final so, mm. so and there's a game with consequence absolutely but it seems that every single like so right now back to your original point the, the Dragons like they're, they're not going to win we all, there's, it should be very difficult they're also not going to get relegated why if I was them I'd stop <laughs> I'd sort of <laughs> well I'll go back to a point I made last week I'd like to see the top eight sort of revert don't don't let the ladder continue as is. Mm. You know, bring it back to zero, start again, or give you know team one four points head start, team two three points, etc. That's yeah. what I'd like to see. Yeah, yeah. Fair anyway, enough. what else happened? Uh, all right, so moving down to the championship uh, again, last round before we go into the qualifiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, surprisingly, Toronto were beaten by the Fev. Yeah, that was yeah, a bit of a Featherston. So uh, a decent scoreline on that one too, thirty to twelve. 
Yeah. Um, well, look, we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. We were worried that you know they would take off, take the foot off the accelerator because there were games of yeah, non-consequence. They'll, they'll well in front. So obviously they have a, they have an eye on the qualifiers. So, but it's a good wake up call. And look, in in the great rugby league tradition, it's a loss they had to have. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I wonder, do you think Featherston thought because if they had won that game sorry if they had won that bank game by a significant margin mm. before results of, of the of Toulouse or London game would they have been a chance of actually making it? Uh, only if one of those teams lost yeah uh, so, they, they so if they so if, if the, uh, that's that scoreline 30 to 12 a win which would have put them on like uh, 32, 32 points 32 and so had London or Toulouse or Halifax lost mm. well, I, wonder, I wonder if that game was played before those results came yes, in it was, it yes it was oh wow so. that would have been a Exciting. A, st- a stressful couple of days for the, the poor Fev. Fev that's lads. right. That's right. Yeah, wow. Good for them, though. Shows, unfortunately, they didn't make it. But... You know what? But it shows what happens when there's consequences. Involved. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So very good. Uh, all right. So moving on. Uh, oh, actually, side note. Uh, I found out again via the wonderful Twitter sphere. Uh, Ashton Sims uh, appeared on the Canadian daytime chat show uh, earlier this <laughs> Sorry week. About that, the yeah. social, and it seemed like he impressed them. So well done. Ashton. He he's kicking goals. Good yeah, on you, Ashton. Good on you. I tried to watch it actually, but uh, geo blocked. Oh, what? Video content was not available for Canadian my Canadian talk so shows. That's fine. I'll just go watch the pirated version on YouTube. Canadian daytime talk show <laughs> geo blocking <laughs> their content. Give me a break. Uh, all right. So moving on, a uh, couple of championships, a uh, couple of end of the championship style scorelines. Toulouse defeated my Dewsbury Rams, mm. forty-four to eighteen. Um, yeah. So a good, a good last up win for Toulouse, and yeah. you know, a, a, a gallant loss to the, the poor lads of Dewsbury. Uh, and of course, uh, as we mentioned before, London defeated Barrow of seventy-two to six, which means that lo- that huge victory for London meant that they snuck into second place. Yeah, in the hell championship yeah, So we're rounding out that. We'll go over the top four now. We've got Toronto, as we always have, way out in front. Uh, London, Toulouse, and Fairfax make up the top four. Hel- and Fairfax. What did I say? Fairfax. <laughs> you got Australian media on the mind. Uh, London, Toulouse, and Halifax are all in uh, one, two, uh, two, three, and four, all equal on 33 points. Mm. So it's a case of four and against um, separating That's them. That's right. So uh, it means that basically Toronto and London have four home games, and Toulouse and Halifax will have three home games in the Super X. And we'll, we'll go through the Super X in more detail, have a bit of a preview. Next week, I believe, because I don't think they're playing this week because we've got the Challenge Cup semi-final. So we might do a bit of a, a preview next week. But it was a, a victory of consequence for London mm. because uh, they get four home games and Toulouse, unfortunately, only get three. So I understand. That's a, that's a mechanism to reward the two best teams from each division. So sure. top two of the bottom four. Yeah, of Super yeah. <laughs> Well, actually. Yeah, but you know what? They should flip that. And they should all the, the top four, because it's hard to finish in the top four. It's very easy to finish in the bottom four. Sure. So why why reward the teams that finish ninth and yeah. tenth over the teams that finish third and fourth? I'm not sure. Anyway, um, all right. So, so we'll, many things to tweak. Yeah, so many things to tweak. Uh, so uh, I, what that does mean, though, there is Toronto will have a massive advantage. You would think so. Like four home games, it, it's a huge advantage for um, regardless of the the, the 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 level of team they're playing. Sure. That's just like just the travel. Yeah. The travel alone. I'm looking forward to our preview next week. These uh, self-interested Super League clubs that want to block them are going to point that out. (laughs) That's That's one reason why they shouldn't be in the league and (laughs) and another reason why we should get rid of the Super 8 formats. Uh, I don't like where this is headed. We're right behind you, Wolfpack. (laughs) But yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk more about that next week because it's it's a really exciting time of the year. Uh, All right, so we'll move on and we'll stay in Northern America. It's wonderful. So Canada. 
specifically. Wonderful. Right where the Wolfpack is from. But uh, just came hot off the press. The Vancouver Dragons have officially been crowned the champions in rugby league in British Columbia. Really? Yes, they have. So they are the British Columbian champions, and they'll go on to meet uh, champions of other regions as dates go on. But they defeated the Coastal Cougars 26-24. to Fantastic. So congratulations there. Exciting game. Uh, staying in North America, uh, i got some news out of the USA. So uh, the... 2018 Midwest USA Rugby League season has kicked off. Great. Bad news for you, Jono. Okay. It was in a nines format. Uh, okay. Uh, I know that's not exactly what you like. It's better it's, than nothing. Yeah, but um, to kick things off, the Chicago Stockyarders played uh, the first in what will be a series of three uh, Rugby League nines games. Um, again, so Chicago, Chicago Stockyarders versus Cleveland. Okay. Cleveland are a brand new team. They really? have not existed before. The reason they've come into existence is this guy called... Uh, LeBron James. Yeah, well, him. He's bankrolling it all. He's, <laughs> he's the Perez. Uh, no, it's this fella called uh, Monty Gaddis, who's former star of Red Star Belgrade. Oh, I see. But he, I think he's somebody that we, the PRL, should really uh, highlight because he's putting a lot of effort into growing the game of rugby league in North America. So he's a former college uh, American football player, yep. um, former or maybe current... American football high school coach. Yeah. Um, but he wants to play rugby league. He's a, he tried for the, the Wolfpack. Um, I don't think he made it. Otherwise, I guess he's to be playing. <laughs> um, but he's gone out. He's decided to establish a rugby league team in Cleveland. He held an open tryout. Wow. Gathered the team together and then marched them to Chicago to play the Stockyarders yeah. in a nines game. Was, was he on the selection panel? Because he obviously was just, just chosen himself, right? Well, yeah, no, he, he played. He's, okay. like, he, he's, a, you know, he's like 27 years old and a, right. a, and a supreme rugby league athlete. So he put the call out. <laughs> Good on him. What's, what's his name? Monty Gaddis. Good on you, Monty. So he's pretty active on, uh, on Twitter in a good way. Yep. Um, so I encourage you to look him up. Anyway, so uh, that's what's happening North in North America. America. And quick mention of things happening in the Pacific. The Cook Islands have announced the names for their... They've named a squad, uh, a Cook Islands residence team, uh, for their women's tournament they're having. Fantastic. With another Cook Islands teams, but based on Australian residents. Uh, and also from the, uh, a team from the Motu Koita province from Papua New Guinea. Oh, and that will take brilliant. place in 2018. Wow, that, October 2018. It really has been an all-stations <laughs> journey today. We've yeah. gone for the Pacific, North America, England, France, everywhere. Well done, Big Al. I like again. how you said France and not France. Well, I mix it up. No, I, oh, I, I said France. France. <laughs> I'm a fancy fella. All right, another great international update. Thanks, Big Al. It's time to finish it off. Let's All bring right. it home, shall we, with the Progressive Rugby League Progressive Moment <laughs> of the Week. Big uh, Al. All right, so I'll start. So... Uh, a couple of weeks ago, when the Rabbitohs played the Tigers at ANZ Stadium, and the Tigers won in outstanding fashion, uh, that game, uh, there was a curtain-raiser game prior to that uh, between the PDRL teams of South and West Tigers. That's so, the Physical Disability yeah, Rugby League, yep. yeah. that's right, and uh, which is fantastic. So I think the more of those we can have those kind of events as curtain-raisers to uh, the, the main event, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, to top it off... When they decide to meet again uh, on the 30th of August, there will be the PDRL World Club Challenge. What? Uh, which will see Warrington play South as a curtain raiser oh, of that game as well. That is so, Yeah, so that's the PDRL, that's the Warrington team led by ABC Darling and friend of, or potential friend of the PRL, <laughs> that's right. Adam Hills. Wow. Uh, so I don't know if he's playing, but he has organised I trip. reckon he will. I hope so. Yeah. And they'll be making a documentary out of it as well. Oh, that ticks so many progressive boxes. Yes. You know, yeah. obviously the international side of the game, highlighting, you know, physical disability, rugby league. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's good a great stuff. moment. Good stuff. 
Look, for me, I've got a couple. I'm going to start off with Nathan Brown, who was interviewed after his side Newcastle lost to the Cowboys over the weekend. And we know recently there's been a lot of you know, mud slung at referees. <gasps> and in this post-game interview, the interviewer was basically giving it to him on a platter. He was egging him on. He basically said, that last try that the Cowboys scored was forward. What did you think about that? Basically begging, begging for a response, a typical coach's response. And you know what Nathan Brown said? Oh, what did he say? He said, you know what? Well, I've got to look at my own backyard. You know, I've got to look at how I've coached the team. We let go another lead from half-time. I'm not going to worry about what the refs said. Uh, it's really about us concentrating on our own performance, oh. which is such a beautiful and refreshing thing oh for a coach to say, because this came the night after Shane Flanagan. Well, I was about to say, when you contrast that, yeah. Shane bloody Flanagan. He was having a whinge about the ref, even though anyone who watched that game knew that the Sharks blew it themselves. Yeah. And on top of that, last week they got the rub of the green thanks to yeah. the refs. Oh gosh, it's that's so frustrating. That just highlights the typical not my fault yeah, another exactly. attitude. Anyway. So well done, Nathan Brown. That's one of my progressive moments of the week. The other one I have to mention is uh, the Newtown Jets had their beer, food, and footy festival on Saturday. Mm. We were both there on the weekend, Big Al. Indeed, it was a wonderful occasion, a great community atmosphere. There were officially, I heard the, the numbers, over 7,000 people there. Oh, come on, so which, close. Which, according to our great friend uh, Stuart McCarthy, CEO of Newtown Jets, is the biggest crowd at Henson Park since 1982. <laughs> <laughs> and it was also a bigger crowd than what saw the Manly versus Penrith NRL game that was being yeah, played at the good. same time, which mm. only had 6,000 people. So what a wonderful uh, promotion by the Jets. They are single-handedly, pretty much, keeping... Rugby League Alive in the inner west as AFL are basically taking over mm. the, that sporting landscape. So the Jets, I'd say to everyone in Sydney and beyond, get behind the Jets because they are standing up for Rugby League in the inner west of Sydney. Yeah. So well done, Newtown Jets. That's my progressive moment of the week. When you're a Jet, you're a Jet all the way. Exactly right. I think that's it. That's it. That's a great show. Wrap it up. Thanks a lot, everyone. We've had fun and Slug will be back next week. But until then, see ya. See you later in Rugby League We Trust.